scared you welcome to um stacked halloween mania i i don't know what 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 should this title of this month be called because we're doing a bunch of scary scary uh topics and themes for this week i don't know let us know what it should be called actually you i would already it'll already have a name by the time this episode's out so halloweenathon halloweenathon Halloweenathons. The stacked Halloweenathon. I kind of is there like a pun you can do with stacked and Halloween? I don't know. Anyways, we'll think about that later. I'm your host Ethan, along with I'm Brandon, and I'm Chris. And yeah, today we're gonna uh, go over our first spooky topic for this very spooky month of spooky movies. <laughs> and. Uh, so yeah, so beforehand, usually we like to plan out uh, topics a week ahead of time, but today, we uh, a couple weeks ago, we decided to block out the whole month, so we already know the topics that are coming. Um, this week, we're doing ghost movies. Everyone mm. likes a good ghost, a good old, good old phantom, you know? Some, good uh, old Casper, you know? You know, a good Casper, you know, like a sheet ghost, you know, something like that. I don't know, you know, like a... Go- little... not a not a goblin not nothing like a goblin maybe a ghoul a ghoul is a, is a ghoul a ghost is a ghoul a ghost anyone, I, anyone I, know a ghoul? I don't know what's a, a little tra- a little translucent boy a yeah. little translucent being that likes to play tricks on you you know but sometimes, also yeah sometimes like they they're demons you know yeah I yeah, know yeah. De- demons like possessions uh knocking over your glass of milk while you're trying to play super mario 64 you know that's that's what a ghost <laughs> did to me one time and I, I've never forgiven ghosts since. I've been on the lookout ever since. Uh, and yeah. That's uh, that's like Ray Liotta or Sylvester Stallone describing their, like, <laughs> ruined Saturday. Uh, yeah, I was, I was talking about a ghost the other day. And I was just uh, <laughs> lifting a big old turkey sandwich in my mouth. And a ghost went and smacked it out. And uh, went all over the dead floor. And said, Where's the ghost? Where's the ghost? <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, Stallone, for your ghost story. Bye. <laughs> Bye. All right. Uh, yeah, boys, how we doing this week? We're really in the thick of it in classes and stuff. And uh, Halloween is upon us, as uh, Hubie Halloween would say. Halloween is upon us. So, what's what's the vibe? What's the vibe this week, huh? I mean, you know, it's it's been good. It's been, it's just been busy. You know, we all have our. I think this is the first semester since freshman year maybe even like first semester ever that we've never had a class together as a group yeah. or at least one of us had had a class with the other person. Right. And it's kind of weird because I don't see you guys in my classes. And, but I mean, we each have a lot of different work to do. Like I'm taking a German cinema course. I'm taking a black cinema course. I'm taking a Korean cinema course. So I'm, I'm being educated in worldwide cinema this semester. So that's good. We can't bond over our, our work excruciating painful work that we have to do what about you chris yeah i'm kind of in the same boat as brandon like it is weird kind of going to class and like knowing that i won't like see you guys there 
So like, you know, oftentimes now when I want to hang out with you guys, whatever, we have to like, you know, unless it's of course like doing stuff like this or when we have our regular movie nights on Tuesdays, um, you know, it's like, it's kind of hard to find the time, but it's, you know, it's definitely different. Um, kind of like Brandon, I've been absorbed into my work, even though like sometimes I get kind of like bored with it because uh, long story short, production stuff is still kind of in the air, yada, yada, yada. But that's not for us to talk about right now. Anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, it's been a pretty like decent start to the semester, like um, just trying to make the most of what we have. And like, I think this week is when like we've all kind of gotten into some kind of a groove with our classes and kind of like we're in the semester now to some extent. So like, for example, our movie night on Tuesday, it, when we were doing that, it felt like we're back in this like routine and yeah. like we watched we watched uh, two movies on Tuesday with our friend Joey. Yeah. We saw Friday the Friday Thirteenth remake from two thousand nine. The director's cut. The director's cut, which features Mambo Number no. Five as the credit song. Check the Wikipedia; it's Check real. Wikipedia. I swear. It's up on screen right now. I yep. I'll link and, it in the description. Yeah, and so we did that, and we also watched Over the Hedge, which was a at least for me a great time. And Brandon was able to quote that movie word for word. He fucked Pretty up a couple much. times, but yeah. I mean, that was a fun time. I mean, it was great just kind of like hanging out again and watching movies and just, you know, being us. It was ju- it was like a ghost movie in its own. Uh, Brandon being possessed by Over the Hedge and uh, <laughs> reciting every single, almost nearly like, I probably 90% of the movie, I'd say, just staring at me, you or Joey, and just piercing our souls with the lines of these little woodland creatures <laughs> it was it, it it made me very uncomfortable and yeah it's just i don't see and they got brandon got really angry when the movie was over when joey and i approached him he was like brandon gave, gives that movie four stars on letterbox yet he's able to recite the entire movie with the like like the back of his hand like, who, who the fuck does that with a four-star movie? Just a movie that's good, but not a, a best of all time that you watch it over and over again. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. I did watch it over and over again as a child. Like, was it was a best a kid, of all time as a kid? I, I would say it was one of my favorite movies. It was like, I loved Monsters, Inc. and um, Over the Hedge. And those are the movies that I always put on repeat as a kid. So. Can you recite Monsters, Inc.? Probably if you put it in front of me, but I don't think it's on my letterbox list. So I haven't watched it in a while. We'll see. Okay. Just wondering. All right. Let's get to it. Let's get to the show. So what is this show? Um, I don't know. What is it? Well, I don't know. What is it? I don't really, I forgot what it is. So you know what? I'm going to have my friend, uh, Count Dracula, come in. Since it's special... Halloween month. I'm gonna have Count Dracula tell us how stacked works. Let's give him a hand, everybody. Count Dracula. Oh, hello. Hey, oh, it's me, Dracula. And today we are going to talk about ghost movies. But how does this show stacked work? Once a week, we set a topic or theme, go on our separate ways to construct our own free film style. Then after a week, we come back here on the show share our own stats one film at a time and at the end of the show we will mix and match our nine films to make the ultimate decision on what quintessential three film stack we are checking out of this hypothetical video store uh, dracula uh, uh, uh yes dracula, i have a question 
Yay. Do you prefer what what stream? Do you prefer streaming or physical media? Blu-ray, VCR. What are we talking? About? I prefer blood. The blood stream. E o yo a e o. All right, Dracula. <laughs> Bye, Dracula. I don't think that dude's ever seen a movie in his life. He's too fucking old, you know. I don't think he's ever watched a movie. But he listens to Stack, so thank you for listening, Dracula. Um, yeah, that's how the show works. Ghost movies this week. Uh, this week, we're going to start out with Chris. So, Christopher, give us our first ghost movie for our ghost movie stacked episode. All right. Well, um, I'm going to start us off with something a little contemporary, but I think I know Brandon's seen it. I don't know if you've seen it, Ethan. Um, this is a film I saw with some friends in when I was in 10th grade, I think. And this was kind of like, I, this was before, like, I was like, kind of like into horror films. So like, they always really creeped me out. I like, you know, it was very much something that I wasn't comfortable with, but this was one of the ones that kind of like, when I saw it, it kind of like, you know, it scared the shit out of me, but it also like got me accustomed to the horror genre a little bit more. And then I got more comfortable with it and being able to see more stuff down the line. So I wanted to start with this one. And I can't think of another time we'll ever talk about this and, um, you know, about this movie. So I thought it'd be great. So this is a 2013 film directed by this director called Mike Flanagan. It is oh. called Oculus. Oh, Whoa. wow. Yeah. Whoa. So Oculus is a oh. story about a, <laughs> um, about a uh, brother and sister who have their childhood uh, stripped away from them by this kind of evil demented like ghostly spirit that's haunting a mirror that resided in their family home um and the film kind of actually takes place in two different timelines once as their as children and once more in the future where they are adults and trying to confront um this you know terrifying being that lives in their mirror and you know haunts them to the this day um it stars karen gillian and this actor called brenton the weights i hope i'm pronouncing that right yeah um, Waits, that's correct yeah but i'm yeah i mean this is a pretty terrifying movie like in the sense of like being kind of lost but also like being very like enamored by like oh my gosh i don't know what's going on i i'm really in like interested by what's going on but at the same time i'm terrified of it and like i'm lost for words throughout this entire movie because it's so kind of like visceral um and yeah the scares are genuine there's something so eerie about just like a mirror staring at you in a like a dimly lit room and just like the horror that you see is both is definitely there is some like uh grotesque like um imagery but there's also the real haunting feeling you get from this movie is the presence of this mirror and the implications of that on you and your family and of course there's also like this dramatic piece about like brother and sisterly love the importance of family and like you know what is real what isn't um but yeah i mean i really dig this movie um brandon you seem to be pretty enthused by this pick so what do you think this is the i didn't even think of this movie when it came to ghost movies because i didn't even consider it like it wasn't even on my list because i don't i just i didn't know what to consider this movie but now that you say that i immediately was like damn that's a great pick because this is one of the most underrated horror movies i've ever seen I think often Mike Flanagan's work gets overlooked for like the James Wands of the world. And I'm not saying James Wan isn't good, but I think Mike Flanagan has produced more consistently good horror films. And especially with Oculus, which is like a very intelligent, twisty narrative. You know, it, it moves back and forth 
and it plays a lot with the mind and like what you perceive to be real and what actually is real. Israel? (laughs) Palestine? Okay, go ahead. Zimbabwe? Uh, (laughs) I mean, I I was just so impressed when I first saw this movie. I I was a sophomore as well, and I remember uh, it was one of the first rated R films that I had seen with, like, friends because, like, obviously, like, the rating system is super strict here and so are theaters. So I had seen, like, J. Edgar alone on a cruise ship. And then I had seen like <laughs> okay, wait, can we tell, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Okay, we we got to tell we we got to tell the story of you seeing your first R-rated film. <laughs> okay, go on. Oh boy, Jay Edgar! <laughs> I hope mommy and daddy don't catch me. <laughs> I, I I was on a cruise ship. It was like in like spring break. Uh, it was my first cruise ever, and it was like an old person's cruise ship. It was not one of those Car- Royal Caribbeans or anything. And they were showing, like, they showed a mixture of, like, adult movies, like The Artist, which I also watched, uh, and, and like, teenage movies like Captain America and, like, the Twilight movies. And I was like, oh, there's this really cool movie that I've never heard of before called J. Edgar. And I, wa- I snuck into the cruise ship movie theater to watch it at 12 years old. And I was just like enthralled by this movie, and I kind of think it's—I kind of think it's underrated. I think a lot of people sleep on it, but hey, you know, boys—I don't know. Um, Boy, did you say boys will be boys? I was gonna say that. You're about to say that. Yeah. Yeah, boys um, will be but, boys sneaking into J. Edgar Hoover. <laughs> Slap that poster up there. It's a great film. Fuck no, take okay. it down. Okay, um, but yeah, Mike Flanagan really impressed me with this movie. Every everybody in my group was like kind of mixed on it. Like they were like, I don't know what to feel about that movie because the ending is not the ending you typically get out of a horror film. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it is a little twisty, and I loved it at the time, and it blew me away. Ethan, have you seen this movie? No, but I do remember this movie fondly just because its title, Oculus, reminded me of the Oculus Rift. That's all. It came out in April. So in high school, like, I was very picky with what movies I was going to spend my money on, you know, Uh, because I didn't have that much money. So when I saw a horror movie coming out in April, I was like, oh, please. Oh, please. And I skipped it. But, yeah. I wasn't really a fan of horror movies actually when I was in high school. I've, I just that's a, that's a recent like development in my film taste. I'd say, like when I started in freshman year, I started diving more into the horror classics. Anyways, horror. the horror classics also. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> Brandon, take us into your first movie. Uh, my, I'm going to go backwards. So I'm going to start with my newest one and I'm going to go to like my earliest one. What? Yeah, shut up. Uh, (laughs) my newest one, uh, I don't remember. I think it was 2015 is when it came out. Uh, it's called Conjuring 2. Two. Double stack. Wow! I wow! I'm so happy about that. I didn't think anyone else would pick it. It's, All right, Brandon, this, start us off. 
I always say a good horror movie is not one that makes you jump, especially a ghost one, because like the the threat of a ghost is not always physical. Um, but in Conjuring Two, the threat feels very imminent and like like in your face all the time. And not only that, it's relentless with the amount of like scary characters that it has in it and creatures and stuff like that. But the ghosts in this movie are terrifying. And like as any good ghost or any good horror movie should do, it makes you sweat and it makes you grab your chair and look behind you. Because if you're in a theater and there's great surround sound in a horror movie, they can do a lot to really make it an immersive experience. I remember going to see this movie in a relatively empty theater, but it, it was a big theater. It was like one of the biggest ones at my, my theater complex that I went to. So it was like 400 seats, five people in the entire theater. And we were all, sp- we were all spread out. So it was kind of like eerie and scary. And because of the room being so dark and terrifying it makes it a better experience. And not only that, the movie's really great. I think it I think it's one of the most another really underrated movie because a lot of people talk about how the first conjuring is terrifying. I think the second one blows it out of the water. Like from this just creepy ass imagery to real jump scares opposed to like a cat jumping. It's like like genuinely like the greatest use of sound and imagery that I've ever seen in a horror movie probably yeah i couldn't agree more like the conjuring 2 has been for many years now my favorite horror film ever made i mean granted yes horror horror kind of like jumps around between genres a lot because you can mix a lot but if we're talking like pure straight up horror and proper like you know like kind of sticking to that um genre very closely i think conjuring 2 does it better than many if not all films i've i've personally have seen um but yeah brandon like i couldn't agree more about like how yes the the scares are so genuine and so powerful. Um, it's always building. It's never like, you know, they're never like, oh, a stupid like cat runs by the window. So it freaks us out for a second. But like any time a jump scare does happen, it's furthering the narrative and the sequence that at which it happens. Um, Brandon knows and Ethan knows as well that there is a scene in this film that has haunted me since I saw it so many years ago now. Um, the idea image of a nun looking at me down a narrow hallway and walking into a room that I have to go into and closing the door behind it is just like, I will never forget that image. And like, yeah. And like the story of Ed and Lorraine Warren, like how heartwarming is that? Like you really feel for these characters. They're yes, they are like kind of like real life ghostbusters in that sense. But at the same time, they're also like real people and like you care for them you you hope that they make it out alive and like you know can vanquish this being but at the same time it's like you know it's a really fun and terrifying horror film with a lot of heart the ending of this film is actually really sweet it's really good um it's a drop it's in a way it's like a really well done drama with significant horror film stuff weaved into its fabric yeah there's this was one of four horror movies that like was a gateway for me because i liked horror previously but the the horror movies that really brought me in were the thing scream uh i would say this conjuring 2 and cabin in the woods maybe if you would include a fifth one it would be like nightmare but like that but nightmare on elm street i mean but like those five were really just transformative and conjuring 2 like you said chris like the story 
I've never cared so much in a horror movie about the characters. Oh. Well, I've never seen a one Conjuring movie. None movie in this universe. I really want to. I think they're all being added to HBO Max in October, is what I uh, read. So I'm going to get on that. I promise. I'm going to get on that. And I hope you too will help me get on that. Because I'd love to watch that with people. Yeah, I would love to watch definitely the the James Wan ones. I'm down. Mm-hmm. Um, the Annabelle films. Yeah, uh, I'm not too interested in those ones. Uh, just the Conjuring movies. Like, the spinoffs, I don't know. I heard they're not... I heard it's a mixed bag. So. Yeah. Yeah. But I the those Conjuring movies, they're becoming like some modern horror classics, you know? It's becoming sort of a standard for modern horror. So I know I gotta check it out. <laughs> What was that? Oh! <laughs> I know exactly what that was. That was a poster falling down, and it picked it up on the mic. <laughs> All right, so we, Ethan, you want to tell the audience about Brandon's poster conundrum? Yeah, so so last movie night, uh, we went over to Brandon's place to watch Over the Hedge in Friday the 13th, like we said, and uh, Brandon was very excited because he just put up like all these movie posters around his uh, apartment and he was really proud of it and we're like oh cool you really spiffed up the place and gradually throughout the night i counted of the 16 posters he put up 10 of them fell off the wall (laughs) just slowly but surely we just hear the posters be released from the the putty that was connected to the wall and just fall to the ground <laughs> it was kind of sad i i feel bad for you but you're so adamant on recycling this four-year-old putty instead of getting command strips i don't know it's Maybe. lasted for a while you know it, it has it lasted <laughs> i don't think i don't think i'd, I don't think I'd say word. it's lasted i think it i think it's it slowly died <laughs> yeah just it's dead buy some command strips bro <laughs> hey ethan <laughs> yeah uh, for for the Conjuring 2 segment, can I have you Photoshop Ed and Lorraine Warren's head onto Ghostbusters' bodies? Why? That's not funny. I think <laughs> it's funny. I bet that's already on the internet. Let me see. <laughs> just a little interim. We're having a really funny like intermission here. Like We literally just drifted into something else. Just because my damn puck and posters. <laughs> All right, I don't see one. Ew, I do see some scary photos, though. Okay, well, if you don't think it's funny, you don't have to. Laugh. I'll put it in. Whatever. Here you go, Brandon. Every, I, everyone laugh. Everybody laugh. Laugh. All right. My turn. My turn. Nah, uh, skip him. Skip me. I'm stepping yeah. out of this episode. I don't like no. ghost movies. They all suck. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> okay, so my first film is is a film that i liked when i saw it for the first time <laughs> brandon was invisible behind what? his mic and he just slowly <laughs> and <Bob said> around <laughs> it. you gotta show you gotta i, I don't know how am i gonna show that <laughs> How am I gonna show that? You can do an animation. No, I'm not gonna do that. You okay. can put a mic on screen, and then you could. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe. Um, okay, so as I was saying, 
the the film when I watched I actually watched this movie with Brandon for the first time. I think we both watched it for the first time. Um, and it was a film that I liked okay, but it's one of those movies that has just stuck with me. And now Chris is doing it. <laughs> Y'all are a bunch of goblins, you know that? Gooboo gooboo. Gobble gobble. <laughs> goblins, goblins. Um, so what's the damn movie? What's the damn movie? It is Martin Scorsese's favorite horror film of all time. 1963's The Haunting, directed by Robert Wise. Now, talk about doing so much with so little. I think this is the most scared I've ever been in a ghost movie, period. By the sounds alone. The sequences, okay, so uh, the movie's about, like, this woman. She's having a hard time, like, uh, finding a partner or something. Her life's kind of in shambles, so she signs up for this experiment to stay in this quote-unquote haunted house with this doctor and a psychic to run some experiments see if it's like if it's really haunted and the movie's just like about her really descent not really descent into madness but like her, her mental deterioration as she lives in this house and let me tell you this has some of the coolest sound mixing i've ever seen in my life the sequences where she's lying in her bed and the door not even the, the not even the door the thing that scares me is the the drum so whenever the like the house is being basically haunted there's just there's this a, like there a bass drum like a marching band bass drum just banging in the background you can you can tell it's somewhere in the house but it's not in this room it's giving me chills right now just thinking about that i don't know it's just so it's so um, mysterious yet so menacing and powerful because it's this loud noise, but coming from afar. And it's just, it's a wicked movie. Now, looking back on it, I really want to rewatch it. It's got a great um, LGBTQ uh, little uh, subplot that is, when it, like, it's, it, was, it sort of snuck through in, when the film was first released. Like, the director was able to, like, cleverly, like, make it so subtle that, like, people at the time didn't understand, like, understand it you know but nowadays it's so obvious like what's going on between the psychic and this main character woman and it's just man i really i that, that's a film i really want to rewatch this halloween and like get really scared at some ghosts now chris i don't think you have seen this movie brandon i know you thought this movie was okay but do you agree with me that's kind of it's kind of scary there are sequences that are terrifying but I feel like the majority of the movie is really focused on that story and not really on the scares, which is good. And it de- it's definitely different as opposed to other ghost movies because it does have to deal with a lot of like mental stuff. Like it's sort of like Oculus in that sense is like the ghost stuff is like definitely clear, but like there's more of like something going on here with the person's mind in the movie, whether or not that relates to what happens in that movie with a certain object or what happens in this movie with just her relationship with other characters. I was really impressed by the visual effects in this movie because often in ghost movies, it doesn't really take a lot. And especially one made in the 1960s, I was not expecting it to be as well done as it was. I think, I think this movie does what Repulsion doesn't do. 
Oh, yes. Like, with the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying, like... I mean, I, I'm not saying that movie is, like, anywhere close to this, but, like, I mean, this movie had such a a clearer way of doing that. And, like, yes, the LGBT thing, I, I picked up on that. Yeah. And I really liked it. I really appreciated that. Uh, as a movie, yeah, it's just okay. Like, it's not really that memorable, to be honest. There are a few scenes, like, the scene where she's in the bedroom with her uh, friend. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. But yeah. other than that, eh, it's all right. I think, I think it's worth the watch for these the haunting sequences alone. Um... Has has anyone checked out the uh, the remake on Netflix, The Haunting of Hill House? I know people who love that, and it's done by I think it's done by Mike Flanagan. Yeah, it is. So uh, I'm, I've been meaning to. Uh, my girlfriend really likes uh, American Horror Story and The Haunting of Hill House, so I've been meaning to check it out. Just not a big TV guy, as you guys know. So right. Well, it's a miniseries, so you can log it on Letterbox, Brandon. <laughs> but. Oh shit! Gotta watch. I da really Vinci? Watch Chris, do you have any thoughts on the subject matter? <laughs> da Vinci. I mean, uh, I think I don't know. There's not much for me to say, really. I mean, I have no idea what this movie's about. I haven't seen a single clip or anything from it. I mean, but like you know, based on what you said about the mixing, especially and like um, approval, you know, Scorsese's yeah. stamp <laughs> of um, quality, I guess is like that's good enough for me. I feel like so, um, you know. I'm I'm down to watch it sometime Hell if you yeah. if you guys think it's I'd, worth I'd it. I'd watch but... it again. I'd watch yeah. it again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So wait, can I what? just mention something before yeah, we do move it. on? Go for it. What's so weird to me? This came out in 1963, right? Yeah. So this is this was his uh, Robert Wise's audition, or it was his in between between mm-hmm. 1961's West Side Story and 1965's The Sound of Music. So he had two Academy Award winning Best Picture musicals, and uh-huh. he did a horror movie in the middle that is considered by people of the day, especially to be one of the scariest movies of all time, up until yeah. like The Exorcist and Alien. That is insane. Isn't I didn't it? even know he made those two movies. Yeah. you. I could have never... like. You could have never guessed watching this movie. Right, Damn, exactly. That, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. Range. Okay, that is range. So, Chris, your second movie was Conjuring 2. So, Brandon, we'll go on to you for your second ghost movie. All right. Well, my second ghost movie actually isn't a horror movie. Uh, I don't think either of you guys have seen it. It's 1987's Wings of Desire by Wim Wenders. I've seen it. Oh, you have? That's not a ghost movie. Yes, it is. The fuck an, are you talking about? They're, they're angels. They're not ghosts. Dead people. I'm sorry. Dead they're, people. They're not... Ethan, let me have this one. Is there an angel movie list we're going to do? I'm not putting angels in the outfield <laughs> on that fucking list. Come on, Would bro. you consider angels in the outfield a ghost movie? Yeah. <laughs> this is a great movie. But I would not com- say a ghost and an angel. I gave you demons with Conjuring 2, okay? I'm not giving you angels. What is... They're dead, right? They're dead. Yeah, are they walking on Earth? Yeah. So are, those are fucking ghosts. But ghosts don't have <laughs> angel wings. These people got angel wings, and they're like... They can read people's minds and shit, and their prayers. Yeah, Ghosts exactly. can't do that. Yes, ghosts can't they can. do that. Yes, ghosts they can't can. read. No. 
Oh, boy. All right, let's talk about Wings of Desire. All right. It, even if this doesn't make the final stack, I would be glad to hopefully use this another time. Yeah. Because this movie is fantastic. I It's a great, really nuanced story about a guy who is an angel who doesn't want to be an angel anymore. He wants no, to walk does. on Earth. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he, he doesn't want to be dead anymore. He wants to walk among the people and feel what life is. And it, you go from this very, like, celibate look at what life is to this very, like, beautiful representation of, like, wanting to live. And, like, how the simplest things are taken for granted by humanity. And this little naive, old little man, who is R.I.P. Bruno Gans. Uh, He's not that to... old. <laughs> he is. He's dead. Uh, okay, but not he's he's dead today. But he wasn't that old when this movie was made. He was like fifty or sixty. That's old. <laughs> this sorry, old, grandma. This sorry, old grandma. decrepit, sorry, sorry, fifty-year-old man. <laughs> Come on, my parents no, but, are probably gonna listen to this, and they're like, he's, yeah. <laughs> I think all of our sorry, parents. Mom, ancient, mom, dad, ancient. I don't he's agree a... with Brandon. You guys look great. I think he's you guys an are angel. Young. Same, he's same. An angel. <laughs> and, um, and like he wants to like live the simple pleasures of life and when he does it's just it's a mixture of heartwarming and sad and melancholic and existential it's just a lovely movie like I, I just I, it's a movie about appreciating life and those are like my cup of tea yeah it's it's honestly my favorite sequence of this movie is whenever they're at the library. I think no single human being has able to capture, like, has been able to remind people how fucking sublime the concept of a library is. You know? That is the place where we go to learn, think, use our brains. And because th these angels can hear people's thoughts, it's just this intense sequence, like, I feel like it's it's it scored to something really beautiful, of just people of these pe like overlapping these people's thoughts of them in the library learning this new stuff, reading books, thinking about stuff, and it's just like, uh, Wenders really like makes it feel like a temple of thought, you know, and it's it's so beautiful. Um, who's the who's the actor in this movie that like they made Canon an angel? Who is that guy? He's a famous actor. I Peter Falk, I think. He plays Columbo. Columbo, yeah. And it's just it was nice seeing the sequences between him and Angel. Like Angels can can sense when other uh Okay, so the movie's about yeah, a dude becoming an angel. So he follows Peter Falk for a few scenes where um Peter Falk has been a human for so long but used to be an angel that he can like feel the presence of angels so they're like talking to each other even though like one can't see the other um but they know they're there and it's just like it's a great um it's really well paced it's very it's a very slow and delicate movie and it's just yeah i like this movie it's not a ghost movie it's not a ghost movie but i don't know if you can call it You're wrong ghost. maybe You're maybe wrong. the maybe those biblical angels you know have you seen those memes going around where it's like uh, angels Dabinky? in real life. 
<laughs> not Da Vinci. <laughs> yeah, those two are definitely not angels. <laughs> they they're are hell spawns in this idiot world that we deserve. They um, don't be- that they're not. They're fake. They don't belong here. Were you about to say that? <laughs> no, I said they they're faking it. They're faking it. They're faking it. Whatever. Frogs? Frogs? When did the Cold War end? Summertime. 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 Huh? Ghosts. <laughs> they can't see them. They're haunting them, but in a good way. This is a ghost movie. I will have no slander of Wings of Desire on this chat. Uh, yeah. If I write it, it's libel. Are you okay with that? <laughs> Underrated <laughs> joke. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Uh, let's go on to my second film. Now this, uh, I ordered my list in chronological order. So next we have an 80s movie. A ghost movie classic. Come on. You can't think of ghost movies without thinking of, quote unquote, Toby Hooper's Poltergeist. Double stack. There, ooh, two for two double stacks. That's Holy the first shit. Time that's ever happened. Yeah, we have a double double. A double we double. The, we got that uh, in and out order. I've never. <laughs> I, I didn't think you guys would choose these movies. Really? Completely honest. Like, maybe Contra really? 2 I thought Chris might choose, but I did not think anybody was going to choose Poltergeist. Really? I yeah. love this movie. I absolutely okay. love this movie. Well, go into it, bitch. Um, it was one of the, probably the, like one of the first ghost movies I ever saw. Probably one of the first horror movies I ever saw, too. Uh, I remember my mom showing it to me, because I think, like, I think it was like in a play at a birthday party or something or a Halloween party and she wanted to show it to me just so I like wouldn't get scared during the Halloween party, you know? So we watched it together and she was right. It was horrifying. Um like everyone points to the the scenes with uh the clown. I don't think the clown's scary. I don't think clowns are that scary. Except for killer clowns from outer space cuz they're aliens. But um it's just a gr- it's a classic uh, haunted house movie where uh, these suburban homes have been built over uh, an Indian burial ground. So this family moves in, and they're haunted. And it, Toby Hooper or maybe Steven Spielberg, who knows? No one will ever know who actually really directed this movie, but it feels like a Spielberg movie, so I'm pretty sure he might have made it. Um, but it's got these great haunting sequences with excellent um what what is the first sequence in this film where they know like they're getting haunted by ghosts is it the tree yeah, i think it's the I tree think, i think it's the tree well i mean there's scenes before that that are like hinting but like that's yeah. the first well i i think she disappears at first the the little girl right right yeah, oh the, can... the hand coming out of the tv i think yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. the first um, yeah but like the tree is like the first like yeah sentence. the big and it like, that is absolutely horrifying. Like, I can't look at, like, spooky-looking trees another way, you know? I'm just like, mm-hmm. is it going to come out and grab me, you know? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this this movie has so many fucking horrifying, iconic sequences. Um, the the dude uh, being haunted tearing by ghosts, tearing off his face. That, that This movie was me... PG. This is a PG movie, and there's a man tearing <laughs> off it. Just peeling off his face like he's peeling off an orange or something like that, you know? Just chunk by chunk. Uh, it's <laughs> awful. But the thing that scares me the most is the big ghost. Like, when she's trying to get into the in room. In the nether realm? 
in the the one at the end of the hallway. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. What no, you the, mean. there's the one at there's the one in the nether realm, like the the huge one. But then there's the one that's that's like guarding the room at the end of the hallway. You oh know? yeah, 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 yeah. That oh man, that gave me nightmares. Like, listen, it's not just gray aliens. I'm afraid of guys. Like that, the ghosts in this movie are horrifying. The sequence when the girl is in the pool, and the dead bodies start flowing out and everything, it's it's a great film, and it's just it's so well paced. You know, it it does a classic. Uh, you think things are over, but they're not. You know, in the third act. Um, sequ- the sequels are dog shit. I think I've only seen the third one. I skipped the second one. The third one's the one in the hotel, I think. And I, I, I did not. I've seen the sequels. So. Third one's poopy, but um, the original. Oh man, it's great. Brandon, lay into it, boy. I think like there cannot be a more magical horror movie. Yes, I, I think it, it's directed by Spielberg. It has to be because like Toby Hooper is like Texas Chainsaw is so raw. Like, mm-hmm. that movie, like, I, I don't think it has, like, a distinct tone to it that is – or it has a distinct tone to it. This is not that tone. It feels like a sp- – this movie is so magical. It makes you feel like ghosts are real. Wow. And then it's it like, has oh, the wait, whimsy. That's... It has the whimsy of E.T., but, but it's it a the... horror movie for ghosts. It's like, yeah. what? But it, it doesn't mean the movie's not scary because there's lots right. of sequences in the movie that I, I actually – I saw the remake first, and I remember thinking, the remake's not that good, but, like, it was fine. Seeing this movie second, I was like, this movie is more terrifying. It came out 30 years ago. Not only that, this movie's, like, cursed, you know? Lots of those 70s horror horror movies, like The Exorcist and Poltergeist and the Twilight Zone movie, and there was one more, like, I think maybe The Omen, like, all had, like, these horrifying events happen, and I think the history of Poltergeist is probably the most horrifying and well-known, where, like, multiple people on set died mm-hmm. or died after the film was released, which is, like, kind of a scary coincidence, you know? Especially for the film's young star. But, like, a- as a whole, the, like, not just, like, the background for it, the movie is a genuinely good time. It has good scares. It has great characters. Uh, lo- a lot like Conjuring 2. Like, I saw this one next uh after conjuring 2 i think a while after Mm -hmm. and i remember thinking like yeah the poltergeist is like another great movie where it's a horror movie but it has great characters and you care and in the end yes there are a few characters who are a little misplaced and who don't really have a lot to do in the movie but the for the most part, <laughs> yes, yeah. Thank you for pointing. But out. I love the scene where she comes out. And she she comes like, up. Yeah. What is happening? <laughs> yeah. Iconic, but like, yeah. I, it's about family, and it's excellent. Chris, have you seen this? No, I haven't seen this movie. Like, I've only ever heard so many different things about this movie. I mean, like, you guys covered it pretty well, but I'll just recap what I can. Like the oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris, are you watching? But, no, I was just on like my phone was just like sitting on Instagram <laughs> and I swiped back. <laughs> um, um. Anyway, so yeah, the whole like thing. <laughs> maybe it was a ghost. Um, but the whole thing about like how um the controversy about whether or not a Hooper or Spielberg directed this. That's definitely been something I've thought about too. I mean, I've seen like the iconic imagery of. I don't know which character, but a girl like reaching towards like the static filled TV. Um, that has always been a very disturbing image in my head. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I heard like 
when I heard like Tom Hooper directed this, I honestly, for the longest time, genuinely just accepted the idea that Spielberg did this because from all the things I've heard, it sounds like a Spielberg movie. But then you hear Tom Hooper did this, and knowing that he did Texas Chainsaw, I mean Toby. Hooper. You're kind of like, wait, what? You said Toby Tom, Hooper. Toby. Whatever. Keep going. Oh, sorry, Toby. Sorry. <laughs> Tom, Tom Hooper, Hooper did the King's Speech. I gotta. Yeah, Tom Hooper did King's Speech and Danish Girl. Hey, it's it's the same. It's and did he do Cats? <laughs> yes, he did do Cats. I mean, that's just as scary as Poltergeist and <laughs> Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah. But, like, um, yeah, I mean, it's still, like, tonally different for him. Like, I mean, I've only ever seen, like, Texas Chainsaw out of his works, I think. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, this is a movie that's been sitting on my watch list for a very long time. And, hey, maybe I'll get to, you know, check it out this Halloween season. Ooh, I, re- I really want to rewatch this movie. So, I think this is a prime movie night. That It's just that the visual effects in this movie, too. I know it's 81, but, like. They're amazing they have lived up for like 40 years almost it's been it's i think it's 39 years old mm-hmm. right right it's 1982 i That's thought it was 81 no 82 the greatest year in cinema history 1982 oh. so that's that's uh 28 right no 38 it's yeah. old but it, it lives up it's that's that's another reason why i think it's yeah. because i think texas chainsaw personally doesn't hold up as well as i think well i think it's it texas chainsaw se- t- chainsaw seems aged but like i think that helps it because it's such a grimy ass fucking you know like it that gross broken down house i think it's like it's the the grain and like i don't know it's pulpiness sort of adds to it but this this is just like it's it's timeless it's timeless you know Okay. Woo! Hot damn. Hot damn free Nintendo! Okay. So, let's see. Brandon and I have talked about our three films. No, no, no. Brandon's talked about all three of his. So, Chris, let's hop into this. Wait, no. It's me. Is it me? No. No, it's not me. But, is it me? Sorry. There's a ghost trying to get worm his way into my brain from the ear right now. Uh, It's (laughs) driving me a little nuts. Uh, let's go into the third round. It's just third round time. So Chris, take us into your last ghost film. Okay. So I'm really happy that Poltergeist actually went, uh, right before me. Cause this is also a movie, an iconic horror film from the 1980s. Ooh. Um, you know, it is kind of like the staple. I think, I think like so many film people have seen this movie, have been fascinated by it. People have been studying this film for, since it's come out and been like, trying to decipher its cryptic messaging and it has become a staple in our film culture it is a 1980 film directed by stanley kubrick it is the shining oh man yeah wow the shining okay so just kidding yes it goes everywhere yes (laughs) (laughs) yes um so this is a movie about um a uh an innkeeper named i think jack Torrance? Yeah, is that Jack his name? Torrance. Jack. Yeah, Jack Torrance. No, Jack Nicholson. And his, <laughs> Jack Nicholson. Um, and his son and uh, wife um, who are... It's the Christmas season and they head up to this big hotel, like kind of like far into the snowy mountains. And they're the innkeepers during the season. Um, and, you know, their, their job is literally, you know, just, you know, be safe, have fun, and uh, take care of the place. Make sure everything goes okay. Um 
when you get there, you know, it doesn't seem that scary when you get there. Like, it's just like, oh, like, their family drama looks like, I don't know, maybe talking about, like, you know, like, uh, marriage relations and stuff like that. But then things really bizarre just start to happen. Things get really creepy. The imagery just is just terrifying. And, like, there's such a great story here about, like, family, uh, corruption, trust, and, like, stuff like that. And it's just so hauntingly cryptic. Like, to this day, like, people still theorize about what this movie's really about, the imagery that comes with it. Why is this happening? Why these visions specifically? Um, you know, because it's all very specific, nuanced stuff. And, like, man, the performances are great in this movie. There's a scene where I think the actress's name is Shelley Duvall. Yeah. 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 She is um, going, like, she has a scene with Jack Nicholson where she's swinging a bat and man, the, like the terror in her eyes, she can act with her eyes and like really just bring out every emotion like through her, you know, um, facial features. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is a great movie. And like, I've heard like, you know, Stanley Kubrick is notoriously a very hard director to work with. Um, he is always very like specific, very much like an, an auteur in every sense of that word. And man, he really pushes his actors in this film. Like, there's a story about Shelley Duvall being, having had to cry for this one scene so many times that she was dehydrated and had to go to the emergency room because of it. And I'm not gonna pretend like um, Kubrick isn't a bit of a crazy guy for that, but at the same time, it's like, I give a lot of respect to the filmmakers and like anyone involved in the craft of this film because it's so masterful. And especially, it's had such a big impact on our culture. Everyone knows the images in this film, whether that's the the elevator opening up and the blood flowing through, or those two little girls just standing in the in the hallway, and the split like everyone knows, second of them just being complete, their blood everywhere, you know. Yeah, Ooh. it's just like it's just haunting. But what do you guys think? Oh man! So uh, originally, when we planned out this month, uh, we had a stacked episode where we were just going to do all time best horror movies, but we swapped that out with something else and. So I was I originally had The Shining on this list, uh, but then I moved it to my all time best horror movies, and then since we swapped it out, I just took it out and forgot about it. But yes, I am so glad this movie is on uh, your stack, Chris, and it's it's a different kind of haunting than any other um, ghost movie we've talked about so far. Uh, it's a lot more uh, psychological, you know? Um, like, y- when I hear the stories of what Stanley Kubrick, like, how he treated uh, his cast and crew during the making of this movie, like, dog, like, I-, I get it, of course. There's, like, there's no other way that, that this level of, like, uh, preciseness and, but yet still insanity was ever achieved without, like, <laughs> so I hate to say it without like some abu- like emotional abuse put upon the director and I'm I'm not going to applaud Stanley Kubrick for that but I'm going to applaud everyone else for like basically like being a good film crew and artist and working with that to achieve this masterpiece you know um I've seen I've seen the documentary about all the various theories it's not that good of a doc but it's still really interesting to hear about like um there's one about like the labyrinth and like the Trail of Tears. I I'm, I lean more towards like uh, the Native American genocide Trail of Tears uh, allegory, 
Like, I think that one's just way too, um, it's too, it's way too apparent. The moon landing stuff, get out of here with that. Like, no. <laughs> but, yeah. Very much a, this is very much an Oregon Tail story. An Oregon, Oregon Trail. Oregon Trail story. Yeah. I'm not, no, it's not Oregon Trail. It's about, it's really about, like, colonialism and our treatment of the Native Americans and how we pushed them out into the, the west you know their westward expansion how we took over their land but yeah oregon trail no oregon trail is about the pioneers isn't it well do you have you ever heard this tale of like the people who the donners who ate their party of people because yeah the donner that happened in utah of course i know about that yeah but like it was like they were searching for like manifest destiny yeah using their manifest destiny to replace people there you go uh yeah love this movie brandon uh I don't think The Shining is a scary movie. What? I uh, I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say I'm probably the person who least likes it in that group. I do think I I enjoy both The Shining and the sequel that they did, the pseudo sequel, um, Doctor Sleep, mm-hmm. that came out last year. I think it's kind of underrated. A lot of people are using it as like this excuse to say, oh, they were just pulling a bunch of homages to the movie in the last third but i don't think the movie is just that i think it's about confronting your demons just like this movie and it doesn't terrify me personally but i i do think it's a really well-made film kubrick is a master when it comes to the what what to frame and how to frame as well as colors and tension building like i think he does that really well I just really don't find it scary because half the time in this movie like you really don't understand what's going on and sometimes that's a good thing because it makes you feel lost. Uh, but I didn't feel lost in this movie, even though, like, I didn't know what was happening. You know, I, I didn't feel lost in the Whoa. hotel. Here, it, it sounds like I contradicted even myself. Even though too. I didn't know it was happening, I didn't feel lost, all right? I mean, like, in the physical, like, environment that we were in. Like, I felt like I knew where I was and I knew mm-hmm. what the characters were doing. I just didn't, like pick up on all like the story thematic significances other than the 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 part about like a family going crazy when's the last time you watched it probably about two or three years ago so like around the beginning of college and like i said i i do really i do really like the movie i just don't love it i think it's a fine movie okay well you're wrong but yeah okay thanks for your input all right bud (laughs) all right bud Time for get time for your smacking. Uh, oh man, this is, see the uh, overrated. I want to rewatch all of these movies we're talking. about. I want to watch and rewatch all of these movies that we're talking about. I'm loving this episode and these picks. Um, no, no, I'm not. No, don't think. So. I think okay. you're lying. Just kidding. Oh, uh, I'm just putting on a, a facade, an act. Okay. Yeah. I'm really an actually I hate movies actually outside of this podcast I'm just like an or, a horrible grouchy man. Um It's true. It's, it's true. It's not lying. Okay. <laughs> Let's wrap this up with uh my last pick. Oh wait, uh, you haven't gone yet? No. I have I've only talked about two movies, The Haunting and Poltergeist. I got wow. one more movie. Okay, before I before you go, can I say two honorable mentions I had? Okay. Uh no, never mind. Go. No, first. do it, do it, do it. What the fuck, do it. man? <laughs> uh, Spirited Away and A Ghost Story were on my list, but I took them off. Interesting, you mentioned that. Interesting, you mentioned no, that. No, you did not pick Spirited. No, I didn't pick Spirited, but I picked Ghost Story. Spirited, you, I picked. Oh, you picked Ghost Story. Yeah, 
I think I that thought about putting that on my list as oh, well. Oh shit! What? Are, that's like well, a okay. triple double stack, right? That would have been a triple double. Triple double. We all would have been paired with each oh other. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That was the scariest thing to happen this episode. <laughs> I had to adjust my pants. Oh my god. <laughs> Brandon, what the fuck? I had to adjust my pants. It was truly a haunting. No one will know what we're talking Ethan, about. Tell them, tell them what just happened. No, I'm not going to tell. It's it's going to be left a mystery what just happened, but that was truly the scariest moment <laughs> of my entire life. <laughs> Dracula's back. Dracula. Oh, I cannot believe oh, man. that. Just okay, happened. let me talk about my movie. <laughs> okay all right ghost story ghost story so um when i saw this movie uh i was very looking forward to it i don't know i just thought like i didn't know i didn't watch a trailer or anything i just saw that still of um casey affleck as the ghost standing like in a yard in the sheet ghost costume and i'm like this looks really because this came out when I was in high school, so I was like, this looks really artistic, but it's also just got, like, a simple sheet ghost. I kind of like that. Like, that's that's kind of cool. So, I really want to check it out, and boy, like, what an, what a, tr- like, a trip into existentialism, um, and to, like, what it means to, like, be alone and stuff like that, and to, to love someone, um, I've never seen these sort of themes explored in a goat like in a ghost story other than a ghost story. Like I I fuck with this movie's concept of time, you know? How I I've never thought ghosts they're go they live forever. They live forever. What happens after forever, you know? I I love the fact that just time just it's a it's a fucking it loops itself, you know? Sorry, spoilers. I don't know. I I think I think that might have been a spoiler. But like, you see Casey Affleck's ghost like live through, just um, he has to live through his whole life again after the after time ends. It restarts. He goes through all of history, and the only the way you can like ascend and not be a ghost anymore is you have to like. What is it? What is what is the is it like you have to like. Uh, is it you have to like learn your for, like forgiveness or try, or truly like figured out how you died or something like that? I don't know. It, it like he has to figure out something, and it, he has to like um, go back. He has to like go all the way through time again to figure out what why, and it's just it's a brilliant exploration into um, grieving and guilt uh, at, through losing losing someone. I remember. Uh, yeah, it, it just, it, it's a very emotional film, except for the pie scene. I laughed at that one, but <laughs> it's, but no, I'm just kidding. I, I, okay. I laughed at it the first time I saw it, but now thinking back to it, it's a brilliant scene. Okay. And I won't, I won't laugh at it again. I was a high schooler. I was like, yo, why is she eating that pie for so long? What the fuck is going on? Am I right? And then all the really genius, <laughs> brilliant stuff happened. And I was like, I was like, oh shit, wait a minute. This is actually pretty, this is pretty, uh, this this director's on some, this uh, David Lowry guy. Anyways, great, great director, underrated. That's that's a ghost story. What do you guys think? I really like this movie. Actually, this is one of my favorite A twenty four pieces. I think. Um, I think like 
you know, when I told you, like, I had thought about putting this on my stack as well, what kind of drew me to the idea, even though I didn't end up going through with it, is this idea of, like, the ghost as a character. And um, also just, like, this idea of, um, you know, you know, having a ghost not as a haunt, something that's haunting you, but, well, okay, and it is haunting you, but not in, like, a ooh way, but more in, like, a the emptiness of a presence, I suppose. Like, you know, someone who was part of your life and then, you know, had passed away, that sense of, like, kind of void within you. You know, like, if you, if anyone has, like, lost a loved one or had to, like, you know, let go of something from the past that was very meaningful to them, um, that would be a very, very, like, you know, painful movie to watch in the sense of, like, because it's so reminiscent of that feeling. Like, you are always kind of... Um, you know, thrown for um, this desire and like urge to find that person again. And I feel like this movie does a great job at showing the emptiness of grief and feeling that that desire to, you know, be with that person again and how painful that process of recovery is. Yeah, totally. Brandon? I think this was like one of the first art house movies I ever saw, I would say. Uh, I didn't know what to expect going in. Very simplistic. By the way, do you guys think Casey Affleck was in the sheet the whole time? Or do you think they just mm. had, like, a, d- a body double? I've always thought that. Because I'm like, really? Because he barely shows his face in the movie. Yeah, and he's, like, a like a like not, like, the A-list, but, like, a big he's, actor. He could sell the movie. And I, I guess they sold him in the trailer, I guess, a little bit. But uh, I really, I really love this movie. It, it barely missed out on my list because I wanted to be different. I wanted to choose something not with ghost in the title. I wanted to choose Wings of Desire. You want to choose not a ghost movie. Okay. Shut the hell up. Shut up. <laughs> it's Go not away. a ghost movie. Grow up. Okay. I'm, I'm grown. Okay, no. I'm grown and dead, and I'm a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I agree with you, Ethan. The way this movie plays with time and existentialism through you seeing this ghost suffer, you can tell the emotions the ghost has despite the fact that they're wearing a sheet whoever it is, you know, like when he's watching longingly at his, his partner, Rooney Mara's character in the film. And she's eating her, herself, her feelings with that pie for a while. um, And he's staring at her. You can tell that he just wants to comfort her and go over and spend time with her, but he can't do, he can't do that because he's a ghost. He can't, he can't. And you feel super bad about it. But it's a very quiet movie. It's a very I, I you know what? This was kind of a this would be kind of a good movie to contrast with Mother. Because I get a sim- similar feel with like how they view like life and humanity. Because of like there's a party scene in this movie which is very loud and is probably the most dialogue you have in this movie. Mm-hmm. Very comparable to that scene in Mother and how it highlights kind of like the aspects of like you know, like this is what life. To, this is how life is to be lived, and this is how sometimes bad human beings can be towards each other. Um, I, I really enjoy the movie. I I never thought it was slow. I never thought it was boring. This this is a really impactful movie, and I feel like people are gonna say, "Well, it's kind of pretentious to say that," but like honestly, no. I think this movie is great. Yeah. Oh, gotta rewatch this movie. Like I said, it's so good. It's I, so I have good. it on Blu-ray, so we yeah. need, we get we can watch it. Okay. Damn, another okay, another fun, another fun 
stacked episode where this is gonna be tough dude this can be well this time we're we only have one film that we can we have to debate on what's gonna be in the stack because we already know the two but before we do that let's run through all three of our films one more time before we get to arguing so chris count us down with your three film stack all right so my three films were oculus the conjuring 2 and the shining brandon i had conjuring 2 the wings of desire and poltergeist and i had the haunting poltergeist and a ghost story okay so we already know conjuring 2 poltergeist they're on the list a double double stack now here's where i'm leaning Shining or Ghost Story? That I think that's what it really goes down to. For me, I feel like I want either a Ghost Story or Oculus. Here's where I'm at. Yeah. I think um, if we want... I think, like, The Shining is so universally considered a classic ghost slash horror film. Mm-hmm. So if we want to go that route, that is very much the way to do it. Oculus is very contemporary as a as a horror film and a ghost film. And Ghost Story is very alternative contemporary because it kind of twists the, twists the genre. Mm-hmm. So I think it kind of depends on what do we want to pair with the two films that we already have. All right, so we already have a traditional ghost movie in Poltergeist. And we already kind of have like this a contemporary modern, like, horror movie. Yeah. Um, so like I don't think The Shining or Oculus would work. So I say we go Ghost Story because it's a little alternative. Like yes, I'd say Wings of Desire, but I know Ethan's going to say it's not a ghost movie. And I know... <laughs> you and i both don't like the haunting that much to get it on the stack uh also yeah I'd have it on, I think, but it, i think it's too much like poltergeist which is why i don't think i, I don't think i'd have them both on you know because they're both haunted house movies so yeah i think we should do conjuring 2 yeah poltergeist and ghost story i think that's a very varied and interesting bunch of movies i think you get a lot of difference because i, I think we might want to use shining a little bit down the line for another list maybe yeah yeah maybe i think that could be Um, used for someone else right and i like i said i don't hate the movie i just for me it's like ghost like i mean yes but like it is it's ghost (laughs) yeah but like i don't know if i'd want to put this in like their faces in this marathon it just doesn't feel right it's also pretty long it's also pretty long yeah if we're marathoning this that's why you need to do like a kubrick like stack where it's like all long movies (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they know what they're getting in for i think there's not enough kubrick for us to do a stack because like it'd just be double stacks back and forth no so, not necessarily we all I have think, different tastes but i think we would all pick 2001 we would all pick i don't, I don't think that'd be maybe on, clockwork orange i don't know that maybe that one i think we'd all have that one i don't think i don't i bet brandon would pick eyes wide shut no i brandon would pick a pass of glory i know he'd pick that one anyways yeah, this isn't a kubrick stack uh how, how are we going to order this thing? Right, so we got our three movies. Uh, Poltergeist first. Conjuring uh, 2 second. Go, oh. No, Conjuring 2 third. The ending is great. Really? It's the, a little light. The yeah. ending of Poltergeist yeah. is great. Yeah, I Ooh, agree. I don't know then. Uh, maybe. I don't know. You know I say it, Conjuring ghost, I don't think Ghost Story. Ghost Story deserves to be in the fucking dead middle because of that movie's ending. Ah, uh, dead middle like Ghost. Hey, hey. <laughs> because <laughs> because the movie is just ambiguous in like the way it ends yeah and i think it's okay. i don't think you should end on that the note it ends on because i remember what happens i don't know if you guys do <laughs> fucking destroyed me but, oh yeah yeah 
Um, maybe okay. So yeah, pull, de- definitely ghost story in the middle. I, um, I well, I can't speak for pull, I can't speak for conjuring too. So it's up to you guys where if you want if you think that's better than the poltergeist ending, Brandon. I guess it's really up to you because Chris hasn't seen poltergeist. And you haven't seen... And I haven't seen Conjuring 2, so... <laughs> so, it's my choice. Yeah. That's weird. I never get choices. No, just kidding. It's up to you, bud. Uh, shoot. I really feel like Conjuring 2 is a good ending. Yeah. I, I would side with Chris on that. I'm not saying Poltergeist is bad, but mm-hmm. I think Poltergeist's ending kind of gets you hyped if you're in a marathon. Ah, okay. Because, like... And then you're going to be like, oh, what's next? And then something's going to bring you down. Yeah. With ghost story. And then you're going to be brought back up by uh, Conjuring 2. Okay. All right. There we go. There we go. Let's fucking run it down. So, Brandon, kick us off with Stack's official quintessential three film movie stack about ghost movies. Brandon. Ah. Our first film is uh, a movie. Chris, called Poltergeist. It's one of the most quintessential ghost movies of all time. It's got horrifying behind-the-scenes stuff. It's got wonderful visual effects, but it also is one of the most magical horror films you'll ever see, and will really put a sweet taste in your mouth. Okay, and our second film is David Lowry's A Ghost Story. A film about time and forgive and grief and forgiveness and moving on. Subjects that aren't really explored in movies about ghosts, about people who are able to come back. You know? You're not really you're not really exploring about what you've lost when it's about things that have come back. And that's why this movie is so powerful. David Lowry's a ghost story. And our final film is uh, James Wan's John 16, The Conjuring 2, a story about real-life Ghostbusters Ed and Lorraine Warren, and um, a story about uh, the power of faith and the strength of family in the face of terror. And there we go. That's the stack, everyone. Oh. I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, be sure to tune in to every Friday this October with fun Halloween-themed, scary horror movie-themed episodes. Um, we're going to we're gonna leave it to a surprise to see what, what pops up every Friday, for it, so you're going to have to figure that out. But, uh, yeah, that'll be it for the show, everyone. Thanks for listening, and uh, what's that over there? Uh, huh.